This is the K-Pop Cast, bringing you the best sounds and ideas in K-Pop each week. Hello, everybody. I'm DJ John. Hi, everybody. I'm your PD and Michaela. It's your boy, Todd. Guest. And this week, guys, we are talking about the K-Pop concert explosion that has been going on, uh, specifically in the Bay Area, but kind of all over the world, right? Yeah. But before we dive in, guys, don't forget to join the K-Pop Cast community on Slack and sign up for our hard-hitting editorials on our newsletter. Links to those in the description of this episode. And now, let's dive in. We're definitely seeing a lot of K-pop artists, a lot of K-pop labels investing more in the Bay Area. Like, there's so many concerts this summer, this year. Are y'all planning to go to any other ones? Yeah! Yeah. All of them! All of them! We're we're all really broke from, like... We've, oh, there there have been so many tours that have been yeah. announced. There's yeah. still more that we're waiting for. Yeah. And honestly, like, it's an investment in our happiness. Because, yes. yeah. uh, I don't know, we've, at least I know, like, some of us have been fans for years of these groups. And it's so weird that now it's it's kind of like a dream come true. Like, oh, wow, they're actually coming to us. Yeah. Like, it's it's doable to see them in person. Yeah, like, like if you look at K-pop here 10 years ago, it was just companies would be sending like entire group, like entire companies all together just for one big concert. But now like you're seeing like even rookie groups that are like going across the world and already like touring everywhere. And it's just like, that's just like such an impact that like their fans have made just for them to kind of like, you know, take that doorstep into like being part of like a world culture. Right, guys. Okay, so... We've seen this trend in 2022 of this explosion of K-pop concerts all over the world, uh, specifically in the Bay Area, but all over the world. Because I think, right, because these are kind of the holdovers from all of the concerts that were supposed to happen in 2020 and 2021. So they've kind of all compacted and are all happening right now and in the same cities on the same day because... Oh my gosh, TXT and Brave Girls. How can you make people choose between those two? For those oh, not gosh. in the Bay, those they booked the shows on the same night. Same night. In San nights. Francisco. In San Eesh. Francisco and, and other cities too. And in Atlanta and in Florida. I forget what city it is in Florida. Probably Miami. That's painful. Right. Yeah, it is painful. You got to make a choice. Who's, who are you going to choose? One or the other? Well, nobody's from the Bay here. It's going to come down to which one can you get a ticket to. And that's something we can dive in a little bit later. Right, right. It's a hot, hot mess. Right, yeah. But Todd, you you kind of wrote a few things about this kind of like this these crazy, you know, K-pop events and concerts that are going on in the Bay Area. So do you want to talk a little bit about those, like have some highlights from the, your, your pieces? Sure. So I would say about a month ago in May, I've been wanting to do a K-pop overview of the Bay Area for a while, highlight the dance crews, the sh- the shops. And then this is something I planted like three years ago. And then COVID just wiped out everything. Right. But now with the sort of return to normal, a lot of the groups are, are coming back. They're booking tours. And so I focused on a lot of the, the major ones and the up and coming groups um, that included like the boys, Golden Child, Brave Girls, Dreamcatcher, along with the TXTs, the Stray Kids, Seventeen, Luna. I mean, that is a lot of 
that's I'm, I'm not I'm not even including G Idol yet. G Idol, of right. course, coming. Right. So many shows coming. And but how it's just it's just all of a sudden the management companies decided, okay, we're not making enough money via <laughs> streams and, and and product. We need to send them on the road, get these different tiers, these VIP tiers, get these fan signs going. You know, behind the plexiglass, of course. Right. And let's start right. making some cash that we haven't made in three years. So there's yeah. a lot of making up to do. So I didn't really explicitly say that, but we all know what's going on. <laughs> right. So I just focus right. on the the joy and, hey, all these groups are coming. Why are they all coming to the Bay Area? Why is Bay Area sort of like a K-pop mecca? John, is something we've mentioned before. And yeah. it there's a couple of different theories about this. I spoke to Bam Bam about this. And he just kind of, in a good naturely said, oh, it's about, you know, it's, it's cool people, it's diverse, it's, uh, it's, um, they have great food, <laughs> you know, and he just enjoys the K-pop energy in the Bay Area. And um, he's also a global ambassador for the Golden State Warriors, which he just signed up for. The Warriors are now one and two at this point in the fi- NBA Finals. Hopefully we'll bring up some, some of that good, Got seven juju to the Golden State <laughs> mm-hmm. Warriors in the last couple of days. So we have a couple of two new K-pop stores in the Bay Area, just focusing on on albums and picture cards, light sticks. And they're in San Francisco. One of them is in San Francisco. And you know how high rent is in San Francisco right. for any store. A new business during the pandemic. Why did they do it? I talked to them. Good people at Sarong Hello. What's up? Shouts out to Sarong Hello. And it's just a, a beautiful time to be a K-pop fan in the Bay Area. There's just so many different shows. There's a whole communities of fan groups, cup sleeve events, and the stores. And there's even a 24-hour K-pop channel on public access TV. Wow. They're really putting it down out here. And it just really deserved to have a light shown on this, this community. And it was a cover of the San Francisco Chronicle Datebook Sunday Pink section, the sort of the arts and entertainment Bible of the Bay Area. So I was glad to be able to put that out. And the response has been oh, okay, because people don't read newspapers anymore, which is fine. I can dig it. Y'all would do your TikToks and whatever. But I'm trying to break it down <laughs> for the old folks that still like to like sit and drink their coffee and understand about a new a subculture they didn't know existed in the Bay Area. All right. And Steffi and Peter couldn't join us for this episode, but, you know, being our, our Bay Area correspondents, they had to, to represent. So they they took to the streets of the Bay Area, specifically right outside of a P1 Harmony concert, um, and started to, wanted to ask people in the Bay Area what they thought about, you know, experiencing this, this concert boom, you know, this local concert boom firsthand and kind of like what it meant to them, you know, as a fan. We're definitely seeing a lot of K-pop artists, a lot of K-pop labels investing more in the Bay Area. Like there's so many concerts this summer, this year. Are y'all planning to go to any other ones? Yeah. 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 All of them, all of them. From like, <laughs> we've, oh, there, there have been so many tours that have been yeah. announced. There's yeah. still more that we're waiting for. Yeah. And honestly, like, it's an investment in our happiness. Because, yeah. uh, I don't know, we've, at least I know, like, some of us have been fans for years of these groups. And 
it's so weird that now it's it's kind of like a dream come true like oh wow they're actually coming to us yeah. like it's it's doable to see them in person yeah like like if you look at k-pop here 10 years ago it was just companies would be sending like entire group like entire companies all together just for one big concert but now like you're seeing like even rookie groups that are like going across the world and already like touring everywhere and yeah. it's just like that's just like such an impact that like their fans have made just for them to kind of like you know take that doorstep into like being part of like a world culture yes. yeah i loved what that person said about investment in our happiness i mean gosh that's so <laughs> true i mean we're you know pandemic and just yeah just everyone's so depressed there's so much depression going on that, yeah, I feel like that's what a lot of people turn to K-pop. Oh, one of the reasons anyway. Yeah. I mean, I was there at the P1 Harmony show and, you know, it was pretty low budge. It was very, um, yeah. they just had an LED screen behind them and the backing track for about an hour and a half, maybe. And they had the men's, but, you know, people were popping so hard for them. And you could tell that. You know, anybody who's been to a, a, a proper concert, like an arena show, like a Twice or, or a BTS or a Stray Kids, they were putting the same amount of energy into the show, the, the fans were, towards their group. And I think, like, people just need an outlet to become one with their, their, their favorite group again and show them yeah. viscerally how they feel. It's such a catharsis. That they kind of like, it's very, you see at other shows, I was speaking off, off mic about Olivia Rodrigo, and it was like watching a dashboard confessional show back in you know, 2001, similar with P1 Harmony, just people were like losing their minds and just out chanting the group at some point, which wasn't hard to do given the, uh, the sound system over in San Jose at the um, Civic Auditorium. It sounded terrible. Oh but, yeah, but the energy, oh, energy of the crowd lifted it up. So it was, I, we really enjoyed cool. it. And my my left ear was completely blown out because <laughs> I was facing the stage, <laughs> and this three or four rows of people behind us just screaming the entire time. Fine, oh. I get it. You scream, that's fine. I'm not complaining. <laughs> but when I got home, I literally, oh man, I've been going to concerts for over forty years, and this is one probably one of the lot where. I, it wasn't the music that was making me deaf. It was the, the uh, enthusiasm. Man, like for concerts and stuff like that, I, I got custom-made earplugs. They're like, you know, a couple, 300 bucks or something, but they're comfortable and you can put the decibel different types of things in. So you can have like minus 15, minus yeah. 30 or just nothing. And I put the nothing, which is like the the most, all you're hearing is through your cochlea. And so like I'm, I'm at the Twice concert because I knew it was just going to be people screaming. And it's like, I already have, some hearing loss. I'm already getting ringing and I'm like, I'm not playing around. Custom earplugs, I recommend <laughs> for concerts for people that are aging like us. But it's not just not just an, an aging thing. Like you should protect protect your true. ears, guys. That's true. I mean, like you don't want to lose your hearing at like 25 nope. or something and be like, have tinnitus for the rest of your life. Like that's not fun. <laughs> Sorry to keep bring it down, <laughs> but yeah. Tinnitus. <laughs> Tinnitus, I'm sorry. <laughs> I say tinnitus. 
I'm going to, I'm going to play. So not, so we kind of, that, that's a little bit about like how people are feeling about the, the concert, but we also wanted to, you know, Todd, you mentioned a few things like the, the community, the K-pop community in the Bay area is really starting to build up. Um, but we wanted to hear from the fans, like why now is the Bay area finally getting this concert explosion? I mean, I'm really curious, like, why now? Why the Bay Area? Like, why do you think all these music labels are investing in the Bay Area, like, K-pop fan community? And, like, what's special about this place and the fans? I have to say it's, like, very international over here. So that's probably why it's, like, a good place to start. And then you will, like, eventually go into, like, the Central um, America and stuff like that. And I feel like over COVID, they really realized, like, how big the K-pop, like, fan industry is over here. And they're realizing that, like, we really do want concerts up here. Like, while we are willing to, like, drive down to L.A. or, like, up to Seattle, it would be fantastic for them to come here. And it's so much more accessible. How would you all describe the Bay Area K-pop community? Like, especially compared to fans in other places or just, yeah. Like, Bay Area culture is just something that everybody here connects with immediately. Like, that's how we became friends was, like, through K-pop. And, like, it was just, like, like it's so easy and for everyone here in the Bay Area to kind of just, like, approach each other. Like, everyone is so welcoming already. And, no, you see, like, you get it. Like, everyone is, like, everyone is just so, like, hyped to do everything and, like, be together and, like, do this, like, community, like, activity together. And it's just like, it's so easy to build relationships with one another because you're all like sharing the same like cultural experience. Mm-hmm. And, and like, uh, like artistic wise, I feel like a lot of people here are like hella artistic. Yeah. And then so like, you just like that creative side that like brings out like your excitement. Like, you know, everyone is just shared energy, yeah. which is like crazy. Uh, it's all about community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just a community. We connect through so many things. So like K-pop would not be an exception to that and it, it's just it, if anything it strengthens a community yeah. with others worldwide which is kind of cool yeah that's so beautiful i really feel that oh my god i remember my my first times like going to k-pop a soompi meetup from like people online meeting internet people from the first time and including peter <laughs> like back in what 2009 yeah, or t- yeah. Oh, yeah exactly so and I just remember that same vibe you're talking about of everyone being welcoming and wanting to make friends here in the Bay Area so I think you're absolutely right you know on that note like thank you so much for your time yeah. today I love that moment where she says 2009 and the girls are like wow it yeah. was so long ago <laughs> it was that's 13 years ago yeah 13 years ago and it, and it it's true like it was it was so small back then but now like you said the community has grown so much and i think the bay area is a unique place that is able to to kind of like foster that community the best yeah. despite you know the the high rent prices and things like that right she did mention the um diversity a bit about um asian um central american i think she said the 2020 census had 36% of San Francisco's San Franciscans identifying as Asian. I think the the management companies look at the numbers, the sales figures and the streaming numbers more. Yeah, definitely all that data. 
all that data before they would go, oh, there's 36% Asians. All right, cool. We're there. <laughs> you know, we'll get good uh, boba tea, I guess, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, there's also, we're a technological hub. I mean, we're close to the Apples and the Googles and the Yahoos, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So there's maybe some sort of, there's no Samsung that, that I know of. And also, this is kind of a weird thing. It's like, geographically, we're just right there, right on the right on the side of the Pacific. We share the Pacific Ocean with, with Korea. So maybe not as far. Maybe you're not leaving a big yeah, exactly. uh, footprint. <laughs> Come through. Roll through. We're here. We got the venues. You know, we're, we're a cool place to be. I also think, you know, like when you were saying, okay, 37% Asian, I don't think that they scoff at that. I think they look at that and say, that's a captive audience because there isn't a lot of concerts specifically for just Asians in general. You know, if it's if it's uh, people that are from Japan or China or Korea, it doesn't matter. Like you're getting to see people that look like you and are look like your family on stage in a position of power. And I think that's a big draw, you know? Agreed. There is that um, that draw for sure. I wonder, though, if they go, well, we play to predominantly Asian audiences in China and Japan and Korea. Maybe we branch out a bit, you know, maybe we hit the Oklahomas mm. or the uh, the Idahos at some point just to, like, bring in a new That's audience, the waters. you know. They always go to, te- is Texas a lot of Asians? <laughs> Houston. Like, what's up with that? Cause, yeah. Oh, I guess so. Okay. I don't know. Any listeners from Texas hit us up. What's the, what's the K-pop Word. community like out there? Exactly. It's got to be something because every tour is always in Texas. Two two stops, too. It's like Houston right. and Dallas, usually. Mm. Even KCON, uh, the KCON US shows, Houston and Dallas, two nights each. But I have a feeling wow. it's going to be like two sets of groups, like kind of like leapfrogging each other. You know, I don't think they're going to play the same groups each night. I think they're going to have like rotate them in oh, and yeah. out. That's interesting. Um, I think we, I want to move on to to kind of one, one of the questions from Texas see about like how this is affecting fans. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it is it is great. It's so great to see, you know, especially you know, for me, because I'm kind of I'm kind of biased here, you know, on the West Coast. It's so nice to have K-pop so much closer to to where I live. So, it, you know, there's more access. It's easier to get to. But it kind of is unfortunate that we are still in this ticket buying era where, you know, these resale markups and all these things, like that's one of the the negatives about this explosion for me as a fan is just how expensive and how, how disheartening it is going through that, that buying experience as a fan. It is, it is. And I've been going to shows for decades now, and I've never seen it, the ticket procurement system and resale market so corrupt and Mm -hmm. so difficult that prices out real fans. I mean, it's not just K-pop either. It's like the recent Harry Styles on sale was a complete disaster. Similar thing. I'm sure if you're listening and and have tried to buy a sh- ticket to a show, you'll understand what we mean, where yeah. you count down to the on sale, you get in there, you think you're in there the first 30 seconds, they put you in a waiting room. You sit there you're behind the little man, kind of like walking like that. And it's you're waiting for 15, 20 minutes, even though you logged in right at the second. And once you finally get let in, what's left? Probably little or mm. nothing. But on the resale market, it's already popping. So there's right. bots in there. There's uh, teams 
going in there. And I'm not going to say which ticket agency, just to keep you all safe. <laughs> but they they're working in cahoots with these with these bots and these uh, resellers and these teams. And it's a conspiracy. It's all to make a profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is not. It's not even a conspiracy. It's it's normal way of doing business for them. Mm. And it's completely Capital. it's capitalism. <laughs> it's capitalism. De- definitely, especially on this show, brings it back to capitalism. I personally would not buy a resale ticket if I don't mm-hmm. get a ticket the 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 safe way, the normal way. I am not going to pay more than double. I'm not even going to pay twenty bucks more for a, for a ticket for a show I really want to see. I just feel like ethically can't do it. You know. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of fans uh, uh, agree with you, Todd, because we we reached out on Twitter, actually, um, and we got a lot of lot of emotional, strong responses from people talking about their experience with the market. Specifically, I want to read a tweet from um, fan or at fan seven five six two seven nine four six, who says, uh, "To be honest, Ticketmaster, this is a quote, quote I'm quoting this person, Ticketmaster." likely has their own bot snatching tickets and then later reselling them at higher price. Maybe it's a strategy for them to try and maximize profit, but it's all price gouging and that ought to be illegal. It should be illegal. And I don't know who this ticket master is. Never heard of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I, I, I shake my fist at them and say, you knock that off. I mean, it is a racket. It's something that needs to be you know, if the future of entertainment, if you the future of fandom is going to rely on this, there needs to be a, a leveling of the playing field. Now, I had a hot take on in my story mm-hmm. about uh, fandoms buying up tickets, multiple shows. For instance, BTS. I see people online. Oh, I went to all four of the Las Vegas shows and now I'm going to get tickets to the next round of shows. I'm like, yo. What about all these new fans that have not seen them once and have been trying, you know, so hard? Right. What do you get out of it that, you know, you're allowed to see as many BTS shows as you want? Absolutely. That is your right to be an army. Do it. But at the same time, what point do you, does any group suddenly become performing to this bubble? Right. Where it doesn't right. expand. It, 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 it almost becomes like the Grateful Dead, where they had their own ticketing system, they had their own thing. Pretty soon, I feel like some of these larger groups are going to become that if they don't bring in more fans to see their shows. They can enjoy... Just a big bubble. They can enjoy the music the way they normally do, through through videos, through um, uh, V-Lives. That's completely fine. That's the modern way of taking in music and your artists. But there's really nothing that compares to seeing them on stage doing their thing live. If you cut that element out, what happens to to fandom? Right. Well, I mean, so remember, like I spent all that money on the Twice concert I was telling you, and um, <laughs> I actually had you know because I've got friends at um, Republic, and I was like, "Yo, can I get like a pair of tickets to the Twice show?" And they were just like, "Yes," and they didn't get back to me for a long time. I mean, I don't want to be whatever. Republic is great. You know, they've been awesome to me. So they finally, I got some tickets and um, I, it was already too late. I already bought these other tickets. And so, you know, one of my friends was like, well, you should just sell them. And I was like, you know something, I'm just going to give them to somebody. And 
I remember like I went on uh, like a Facebook page and I just was looking at people like look, trying to get to the concert. And I said, where are you? Are you in New York, you know, for this concert tonight? And they said, yes. And I said, do you want to go? And I just gave them the tickets and they were, they, they took a picture from, you know, where they were sitting and they were so thankful. And I was like, I just, you know, that, that to me is like, if you're in the fandom, that's something you can do. If right. you're going to buy like a hundred tickets or whatever, you just like get all these tickets. Why don't you buy like an extra ticket for somebody else and either like sell it to them at face value or give that to them <laughs> and say, here, yeah. here's somebody that wasn't into BTS or whatever. Now go to the show, check it out. You know, that's to me, that's paying it forward a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I had a similar situation where I was online trying to get the permission to dance Las Vegas show tickets and completely struck out and I was bummed out. And then I hit up my friend who's uh, army and she says, Oh, already. I still have my, um, I'm still in the queue. We're on like different computers and my boyfriend's in the queue has already got ours, but I'm still in the queue. Do you want me to get you some? And I kind of sat and went, that is awesome of you to do that. But I need to go through this process myself. <laughs> I want to do this organically. Right. Because as much as I talk S about everybody buying up tickets, there are some good people out there. Right. So they offered, I turned them down. I have to do this. I have to get, you know, see BTS on my own terms. Mm-hmm. She was choosing the seats, making sure I, you know, I go through it, put in that work, but it's so hard. Right. And I feel right. so sympathetic for people that, during this period of this plethora of shows can't see their favorite act because the system is working against them. And I feel sad for people that the only way of knowing about tickets is through resale markets and they're paying, you know, twice as much for a ticket and they just kind of write it off. Oh, right. that's what you get for being a Cape Fox fan is oh, that you're not going to get the, the tickets you want. You're going to have to pay. That shouldn't be happening. And on the actual uh, platform, like not even on like, you know, a different platform that resells tickets. It's on the actual platform where you were going to buy the original tickets. They have the resale tickets, which I think is crazy. It's like, how is that? I just don't understand that. It is a kick in the in the privates there. And it it, (laughs) because it just it just sort of um, reinforces that the system is corrupt. But for those of you that got in. (laughs) <laughs> For those of you that, that got those precious ducats, yeah, what a summer this mm-hmm. is going to be. You're right. going to like, yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I'd love to see TXT. I would love to see Brave Girls at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel really bad about those MOAs that signed up on Weavers to get to be a part of their fandom, mm-hmm. whatever, how much you pay a year. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get tickets, even though they got right. into the pre-sale. Yeah, that's the other thing about fandom is like the official like fan, like if you're a card holding fan, especially if you're in Korea, you get priority when it comes to ticket sales. You get, you know, you are insured a ticket. But if you're international fan, you know, that system doesn't work for you at all, really. Right. Well, I got one trick is wait till the day of the and try again. You know that <laughs> yeah. one? Because yeah. right. it's like sometimes tickets get freed up. Sometimes they, whatever you were, you Todd was talking about being corrupt or whatever. Sometimes they just all of a sudden release a bunch of new tickets. And it's like, what, how, where did these come in? And it's like four hours before the show or something. So if you didn't get tickets, 
It's because of the stage. So sometimes there's like they move the the mixing board up here or they move it back or, you know, there's all these props and they they're they have to move some seats around. All of a sudden, OK, so we have three or four rows of seats that we didn't have before because we moved the speaker oh. cabinet over here. That's okay. why things get um, released at the last minute. So, boom, that, that's a that's a little pro tip just yeah. uh, at the end. Last day. Try it. Or the other pro tip, be a music writer. Right. Get a media pass. Get a press pass. Plus one. Mm. Stray Kids is coming up. Going to plan to reboot for the Chronicle. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do TXT because sometimes they don't want to lean in too much on one genre, but they're completely different groups, different different artists, different come ups. Mm -hmm. If they can review Van Halen and and Guns N' Roses the same two weeks, why not do. Yeah, I mean, then you've got the population to support it. So, you know, it's not, no one's going to complain. Yeah. So kids, get into journalism. (laughs) Follow your passion. Right. Yeah. We also, on Twitter, we also heard from at Artie Girl NYC. I know that they are, they're actually a K-pop photographer. And so their their tips for for K-pop concerts is uh, find new paths, make new friends, be patient, Throw it out into the universe if you and have the CC ready. So like be emailing companies, seeing if you get these press passes, seeing if you get any kind of other access to maybe even get into the show for free. You know, stay reasonable has become my mantra. Haven't missed out on anything I've wanted yet, but still waiting for the universe to send me TXT slash DPR. Lol. (laughs) DPR shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. Even you could actually be on their street team. And volunteer to work at the concert for a couple hours and you'll get a shirt and you'll be able to see the show. Yeah, that's another thing. Check, right. You know, reach out to the, your local venues. See if there's any opportunity for you to, you know, volunteer or even work and maybe you can get access to the show. The promoters. Yeah, true. Yeah. Work security. Work security uh, at the venue. Exactly. I, I think wrapping it up, we're going to turn it over to our Bay Area correspondents again, because they also asked some of the fans kind of, you know, about their experience and how, you know, the, the ticket buying experience has affected them as fans. Now, you mentioned this was so funny. You were like, we're going broke. But this is, a, <laughs> this is an investment in our happiness, though. Like, with so many options of concerts to go to, how do you decide? How do you approach? Where am I going to put my money? How am I going to... Well, especially when, what, like there's TXT and Dreamcatcher on the same night. Oh, <laughs> also in same, Brave Girls. Or yeah. Brave Girls, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, see, like, the, how like how far like people will go to. Like people have been, I know friends who have been going to like different stops. And like we have even decided, like we've thought about like we've considered other locations just because like, like especially with like TXT and Stray Kids, like. TXT is one day in Chicago and we were considering it and then we had Stray Kids the next day here in San Francisco but it's just like I mean honestly it's just like there's so you feel so many different things depending on like which like K-pop group or like which K-pop artist like you're always gonna have like a different like emotion towards them and it's just like the, the ones that you bias I feel like everyone is just like I'm willing to like put the extra work into this or like I'm willing to you know work an extra hour for my job just to yeah. like make sure that I can pay off this concert and this light stick like you know I've been working for my babies I will support them I will support them financially I will yeah. bring them my I, I know we taking all all of our money but honestly I think the reason why like or like 
for me, I think it. I think about the experience. Like, how often in my life will I get to do this? Yeah. And so that makes the experience or like the choice. It makes it easier in a way that you can just choose. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever get to see them again. So screw it. I'm gonna just buy that ticket. Do it. Let me just let me just be there to experience that. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yes, yes. Preach exactly. Yeah, and that, that again at the end of the day, their oh, fans will will always be there to support their their babies, to support their biases at the concerts. True, but you can hear how how lit those kids were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I can hear, and the fact that we're even talking about this, and the, this is the problems that we're having. We're discussing like you know. Oh man, well, it's too bad. It's still awesome that this is the the problem, <laughs> you know, because it's like it means that the industry is thriving in the US and hopefully like it's like a Korean invasion. Exactly. I think that's it, guys. I don't know if you have anything else that you wanna wanna add or any closing thoughts before we, we wrap it up for this episode. I do wanna say that K pop fans at shows are probably the most masked fans i've seen and i cover <laughs> i go to a lot of shows and so keep wearing your mask stay safe if you don't feel there is a lot of reticence for people that don't want to go to shows because they can't get sick so right. you know be happy but at the same time you know respect the feelings of those who are immunocompromised or can't go to shows exactly. maybe there are ways you know you can share that joy at the same time i know there's a a k-pop group on social media it's called I'm too old to be into K-pop and they banned any mention of concerts because they don't want their, their group to be feel like being left out because for whatever reason, they don't want to go to a show. So I think there is a heightened sensitivity we need to be aware of for people that are during this peak period of of concert going. So think about it before you post. (laughs) Okay. John, anything else before we wrap it up? No, that's it. I've enjoyed myself. Thank you so much for having me again. Yeah, guys, this is great. I've learned I've learned so much. <laughs> now I'd have some like tips and tricks for when I'm like trying to to go and you know, to, right. to some of these <laughs> or attempting to maybe go to some of these concerts. Um, okay, so then that wraps it up for our deep dive into this concert explosion in the Bay yeah. Area slash kind of internationally. I know Europe is kind of getting some things, and who knows, you know, maybe other reg- regions as well around the world in the future but let's plug the things guys so where can people find you online any anything else that you have going on john you go google first what's where can people find you online all right you can i mean i I own djjohn.com so and you can spell it wrong and everything it (laughs) redirects and all that and it's got all my socials and then like i have mixes like you know i mix k-pop like girl talk so it's crazy i got like you know, it's best of 2021 has 275 records in one hour. So if you're a fan of K-pop, you want to hear it like a mile a minute in your brain, check it out. John, I don't think anybody who's listening knows who Girl Talk is. So, you, <laughs> Hey, they know the Grateful Dead. Oh, yeah, exactly. You got uh, me on that one. I'll, I'll be honest. It did, it did take me a second. I had to remember who they were. Oh, yeah. He's, Fish. It's the same. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so hit me up on the socials, either on Instagram or Twitter, N-A-T-T-O-T-O-D-D. Sometimes I'm in the San Francisco Chronicle, writing about your favorite groups. Hit me online. I'm here. All right. Okay, that wraps it up for this, guys. Of course, you can find all of us at the K-Pop Cast at, on Twitter, at the K-Pop Cast. Also, our, our Slack. Yeah. 
channel. I know we, we're all in the Slack channel. So guys, if you want to continue this conversation, if you have any other thoughts or feelings around concerts or, you know, why they aren't in your area, how much money you spent on your tickets, <laughs> we want to hear all of it over there. So go check it out. Yeah. And that wraps it up. Bye, everybody. Later. See you in the pit. See you in the pit. And the the mix you're probably bobbing your head to right now is John's. So go check that out in the description. Oh. <laughs>